Meanwhile, at the Hall of Justice... Hello, and welcome to another one of our Meanwhile episodes here on the FW Podcast, the anthology show of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. I'm one of your hosts, the Irredeemable Shag, and along me, as always, is my co-host, the medicated Rob Kelly. How's your back doing, buddy? <laughs> I never should have gotten into that fight with Bane. That was a mistake. <laughs> I have to <laughs> Well, folks, uh, these Meanwhile shows are designed to just see how everyone's doing, kind of a hangout, a geek talk, see how everyone's getting through this pandemic. And you know what? Rob and I didn't want to do it alone. So we invited some friends. So just to pull back the curtain a little bit, right now, right at this moment, Rob Kelly and I are supposed to be sharing a bathroom, by the way. But we're not. We'll get into that more. With us tonight is Ryan Daly, who I have shared a bathroom with many times. Say hey, Ryan. Hey, for the first time in my life, I am healthier than both Black Adam and Batman. (laughs) (laughs) This is true. Uh, Also joining us is Derek Crabb, who I'm also supposed to be sharing a bathroom with right now. How you doing, buddy? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me. Woo! Glad to be here. Awesome. And finally, Sean Ross, a man who uh, one year ago, almost tonight, I hung out with and had dinner with. And, you know, the restaurant had a bathroom, so we probably shared a bathroom at one point. How you doing, Sean? I'm doing well, man. We did hold hands under the table. I think that counts for something. That wasn't my hand. Anyway. Dr. G? (laughs) Well, how's everybody doing? Let's let's go around the horn. So, Rob, all right, tell us how uh, this this battle with Bane and and what happened. So, yeah, uh, last week, for some reason, out of nowhere, I managed to hurt my back in a way that uh, required me to actually go to the hospital uh, (laughs) in the middle of the night. In the middle of a pandemic, no less. Yeah, in the middle of a pandemic, no, I, I, I will admit, I was, uh, I was, I was kind of panicking a little because it was, it was very disconcerting because I literally couldn't move. It hurt so bad, but luckily, my better half Kelly kept her head and uh, got me to the hospital, and they checked me out and they gave me some steroids and some various other things, and and uh, basically I just pulled a muscle, and so uh, yeah, welcome to forty nine, basically is what <laughs> dealing with here. Um, so new the, new rule in the K2HQ, no more uh, role-playing games, just saying, yeah, folks. Yeah, so for the past week, I have been hobbling around with medicine and the heating bed. Oh, and I've been ticking Valium every night, and that's been fun. We made our way back, and apparently, and I have no memory of any of this, is that I was just completely loopy as we walked through the hallway to our apartment. <laughs> I have no memory of any of this. So I, I crawled into bed, or literally Kelly got me into bed. And I tried to put a movie on, apparently, but I lacked the manual dexterity to type in the title in the search bar. <laughs> so she had to do it for me. And we put a movie on uh, Annie Hall, just uh, for those of you uh, keeping score. And I think I got maybe two minutes into Annie Hall before I passed out. And then I slept for six hours straight. So uh, Valium is, is uh, for, not that this is a surprise, but Valium is nothing to mess around with. <laughs> <laughs> well, I heard you watched a Red Brown Captain America movie voluntarily uh, the next day, so you must have been out of it, man. Yeah, I did try and watch part of that, and I fell through through that too. It's been it's been it's it's been a fun week. That really had nothing to do with the medicine. But anyway, all right, let's get rolling around here. So, guys, let's talk about what we've been reading, whether it's comics, books, whatever. I don't care. So, why don't we start with you, Mister Daly? What you been reading, buddy? Um, I've been trying to read a whole lot. Um, the original Marvel Conan issues, uh, I've been going through, uh, just some random, like silver age, Captain America stuff, a bunch of stuff lately, just within the last couple of days, I got, uh, after listening to the latest episode of, uh, Sean's podcast, 
I've been going back and revisiting uh, the Jonathan Hickman run of Fantastic Four and FF. Ooh. Sort of plowing my way through those, just refreshing my memory of those, and really having a having a great time revisiting that. One of my favorite comics of recent years. So that's a great series, man. That is really strong stuff. So uh, with the Conan, are we talking like Barry Windsor Smith? Yeah, still in that area. Yeah, yeah. They just re- released the. Uh, the Marvel Epic Collection, the first volume, which is like the first 13 issues of, uh, of Conan the Barbarian, uh, all Roy Thomas and Barry Windsor Smith. And then I think in February, volume two is coming out with like the next 13 or 14 issues or something. So, yeah, they've been, they have a, Marvel still has a tentative license. So they're trying to like print as much of, reprint as much of their Conan stuff as possible. They're also reprinting the Dark Horse uh, stuff that, uh, the Conan thing. So I've been just gobbling up a whole bunch of that stuff because they're not putting it on digital. I don't know if it's something to do with their contract with, um, the Robert E. Howard estate, but they're not putting any of their Conan books on Marvel Digital Unlimited. So I'm just buying them in, in their paperback collections. Yeah, and that's really weird too because, you know, they loaded all the Star Wars stuff regardless. I, but of- I think they, they own that out right now. Once they bought Lucasfilm, they own that. Yeah, I guess that's but true. For some re- but now the thing is they also have Master of Kung Fu and that's still something that they have to negotiate with the Sax Romer account mm. uh, estate because of all the appearances of Fu Manchu and, uh, and the other characters. I don't know how that contract is different, but I guess whatever whatever deal they have with their Robert E. Howard account or, or estate, they can reprint it, but I think it might be they, – they had to be very specific with the terms, and maybe digital was not something that they have the rights to. Hey, another one I wonder about is Indiana Jones because, like, obviously – you know, Disney have bought all of Lucasfilm, so what's keeping that from coming over there? Unless maybe there's some portion of it owned by Amblin. I I, I, I have a feeling it's just they're being selective and they're thinking if there's going to be an Indiana Jones movie coming up in the next couple of years, then they'll just try and time it for that and kind of do more of a push. I mean, I know they the the stuff that tends to be that they like the back issue matter that they have been putting on digital unlimited. They usually time that with a physical release of some kind, a reprint collection, a complete collection, or an epic or an omnibus, something like that. They usually go hand in hand, so it might be something where they're thinking to get the most bang for our buck to really get eyes on these books and, and people buying these. We want to wait until we have a multimedia splash with with Indiana Jones too. So that's my oh. that's my assumption. So you're reading anything that doesn't have pretty pictures? Um, I've been, I mean, whenever I'm in the car, which has not been as much as possible, I I tend to listen to audio books. I've been reading political audio books, uh, trying to get through a Star Wars one, uh, Kenobi. Oh, okay. Uh, It it was uh, just sort of like, which I I think actually, if they translated that to the, to the Disney Plus series, it would be pretty good. Yeah. Other than that, I mean, I just, I go through a bunch of, you know, you know, uh, books that just, you know, rail against Trump and <laughs> they, yeah, I can zone out to this. I can drive for three hours listening to this and it's nothing, but awesome. Well, you, you mentioned Hickman. So why don't we throw it over to some guy that likes that guy? Supposedly Woo-hoo. Mr. Ross, why don't you tell us a little about what you're reading, buddy? Well, I'm just excited for Ryan to get to the Roy Thomas penned Conan issues where Thomas shows how Conan the Barbarian, Conan O'Brien, and Conan the Mexican wrestler from WCW in the 90s are all actually related. That's my favorite era of the Roy Thomas bit. Um, <laughs> so, uh, well played. Yeah. Well played. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Anytime I hear Roy Thomas, I think, who's related to who? And is it based on hair like Norman Osborne? <laughs> So uh, I'm excited to hear that Ryan's reading the Hickman Fantastic Four run because it is excellent. It's so good. Uh, I've been having a lot of fun with comics because when the comic shops, you know, shut down and uh, 
and uh, the comic company stopped sending them out for a while. I mean, I'm, I'm a, I'm a Wednesday warrior, man. I have been since like 1982 basically. And you know how most comic collectors are like, Oh, I stopped for a few years because of girls. I never stopped for a few years because girls didn't like me. So (laughs) (laughs) comics just stayed consistent. So when they stopped coming, I mean, I, I was having like withdrawal. Like I was, I was seriously like, you know, doing some research online about like, well, you know, I'm, I, what step am I on? Because this is, this is a, a habit I've had since I was a kid. And so I had a great moment suddenly where I went, well, what am I going to do without new comics? And I went, Oh, you know where the best comic book store of all time is? It's, it's in my house because I have a collection of comics from actually back from 1982. <laughs> and so I threw, started throwing it out to Twitter and I was like, Hey, here's a poll of four completely random series. You guys pick, you tell me what to read. And it's been a blast. I mean, I've read 1980s, patch era wolverine which i hadn't read since the 80s which was um, so much fun i read the kate spencer manhunter run from the nice 2000s. oh my god it was good yeah it is i read uh, that was fantastic wolverine was fantastic uh, mutant x not so much um <laughs> that that recommendation came through and i was like well you were two for three guys is that the alex summers one in the parallel universe yeah it is yeah i'm yeah. sorry yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> It has a great premise, and it you know Tom Rainey's on art. That's cool. And I'm a big Havoc fan, but no, no, it is not. Yeah, I I I, I, I endorse the no no. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I don't think, think I voted for any of the winners of any of those polls. So I I wasn't on board for any of these series. But it's been fun, and, and like I think most recently I read the the Justice Society Len Straczynski Mike Parabek you know ten issue uh, run. Uh, early so night. much yeah. fun. Good, it was good. awesome. So it's been fun. It's been fun sort of falling in love with my comic book collection again. You know, like it's like, oh, yeah, there's a reason I buy these and keep them in boxes and spent my daughter's college fund on them. But (laughs) for moments like this. So you talk about the greatest comic shop in the world. Okay, maybe it is your living room. But I got to say, very sadly, you know, let's let's lift a glass to the comic shop that's gone now that you took me to a year ago. Uh, That was absolutely glorious. That was an amazing comic shop. What was the name of it again? So it was all about books and comics yeah. in Phoenix. And I, I had been going there for 35 years. I had, I had gone there. The owner, I'd known the owners for 35 years. They kind of watched me grow up and I you know, knew them, knew their kids. Like it was just a, a part of my life and a part of our community. And thankfully, there's actually a nice little silver lining. Thankfully, they retired. They were like, we're good. We're done. We're packing up shop. And they actually closed the store under their own, you know, volition in March. So it was just perfectly timed. Yeah. So I, that feels good to know that, you know, while they did close, they, you know, they called their own shot and they were, they were sort of getting out while they, you know, by choice, even, you know, regardless of COVID. So that, that was a a nice little silver lining, but yeah, I missed that store. That was a great comic shop. I mean, I've been to a lot of comic shops in my travels with my job all over the country, really. And, uh, I, and I'm not, and I'm not going to say it's the best because I don't want to undercut anything else I've seen out there, but it was right at the top of the list. If it wasn't the best, it was an amazing store. Everywhere you look, there's just so much merchandise. Oh, so good. Well, um, tell you what, Derek, why don't you tell us about, oh God, it's going to be Transformers, isn't it? Tell us what you've been reading, buddy. I'll, I'll start with some other stuff, but to, to go along with like the Hickman love, I mean, I've been reading the, the ongoing Hickman X-Men book and I've been trying to stay pretty on top of that. Um, How is it? I mean, I've been hearing. It's, it's her, yeah. I mean, I, I like it. I mean, it, it's, it, you know, I mean, just for a quick premise without like ruining any of the stories, the 
uh, I guess the mutant society in general has been totally changed due to the events of House of X and Powers of X. They all live on Krakoa now, the mutant island. So they're basically like a sovereign nation. They have their own constitution. They have their own language. Um, there's a lot of interesting ideas in it. A lot of old rivalries are put to rest. So there's a lot of kind of, I guess, head tilting and things that you, you might not be used to if you're either a longtime reader or somebody who's coming back to the book after a long hiatus. Uh, so you, you might kind of go, oh, why, you know, why are every, you know, why is Apocalypse friends with the X-Men now? You know, why is, you know, Mr. Sinister part of the council, you know, like all this kind of stuff. But I think for the most part, I mean, they're, they're really pushing a lot of the X-Men books. So I can't say that I've been very good about following all of them, but I like, um, like everybody's been mentioning, you know, the, the fantastic four run for Hickman, the Avengers run for Hickman. I really did like the, the secret wars that Hickman mm -hmm. did. So the hell is I, enjoy, <laughs> I, I enjoy all those. So, so I, pretty much, you know, keep following his, his work where he goes. And, and I've been enjoying the, the X-Men book. So I got to um, interject. So I'm, I'm looking forward to reading it. Actually, I really, really am. I'm going to be one of those people that's coming back after a long time. And I've been planning to let a little bit of it build up on Marvel Unlimited, then dive in. But the way you just described it, I'm sort of envisioning a mixture of Aquaman when he had to serve as king and sit there and uh, negotiate all the kelp farmers' arguments over trading rights, uh, all these councils and bylaws you're talking about. And then also Batman's love of the JLA charter and how he would constantly evoke certain little rules to be a complete asshole to the rest of the JLA members. That's kind of what I'm envisioning. I hope I'm wrong. Well, there, 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 there are aspects like that where you, you're dealing with, with minutia of trade federation stuff, but I find it pretty <laughs> interesting, at least the way, the way Hickman handles it. And, and just to put into context, it's not, th that's not the end all be all. I just kind of wanted to be vague about it, but I mean, there are, antagonistic forces that clearly want to wipe mutants off the face of the earth. So it's not like people are, even though, you know, the, the public persona of the world is to uh, trade with Krakoa because they have goods and services that are very useful to the rest of humanity. There's still aspects of humanity that would just as soon see all the mutants burn. Right. So, so there, there's, there's definitely, incursions on Krakoa there's 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 action and and it's not all kind of you know talky talky kind of <laughs> stuff so so I, I wouldn't be totally driven away by that so oh I was just teasing yeah, for fun yeah, but yeah. I will definitely take yeah. your endorsement and check it out so what else you been reading man uh I, I like Morrison's Green Lantern season two like I, I have fun with that I mean I know there's kind of some wacky Morrisonisms and stuff like that in there. But I mean, it's just kind of, you know, Hal Jordan space cop goodness as far as I'm concerned. So, I mean, that I have fun with, I mean, there's not, there's not too much I can do to distill it down to a, to a simple elevator pitch. I mean, it is Grant Morrison. I mean, there's, there's just all kinds of wacky cosmic stuff, you know, bacterias get green lantern rings, like all kinds of kookiness occurs in the course of the series. But I, I enjoy it, and, and I, I think it's a lot of fun. Um, something I, I had not heard of before, and this kind of ties into the the, the X-Men read, um, Barry Windsor Smith, mentioning Conan and everything, tying into that, there was a series of issues that Barry Windsor Smith did in the original Uncanny X-Men run 
which Storm was the lead character in, and it was called Life Death. Yeah, and absolutely. It, it was supposed to be a trilogy, but there was only Life Death Part 1 and Life Death Part 2, and they never released the third part of it. Um, and uh, I guess the way it ended up getting kind of released under the radar was, I guess they released it as a Dastra in Africa, where they kind of like changed the names of the characters and everything. But essentially whatever Barry Windsor Smith was going to release as the original story, I guess, before maybe, you know, editing snafus or, you know, I don't know, before they kind of canned it on them or whatever. Like, so they, they released that as a, a black and white graphic novel, basically. So I was kind of curious about all that. So I like, I reread life death part one and part two. And then I read Adastra in Africa, which is technically life death part three. And you could kind of, you know, read between the lines. Like I, you know, I'm like, okay, Adastra's, you know, Aurora, you know, like I get it. Like it's supposed to be like, you know, a similar name that, that maybe is, you know, unique and, you know, to, to that superheroic character and everything like that. But that's, you know, that's not the important part of the story, you know, basically. So it kind of, it was kind of interesting. And, and the reason why I found out about that was because I had heard, and to me, this is good news. Um, but there was a uh, story called monsters, which is kind of based on, I guess, originally what Barry Windsor Smith wanted to do with the Incredible Hulk, you know, kind of like the, I guess, backstory, the kind of split personality type stuff and everything. And apparently that's going to be released in 2021 at the beginning of the year as well. So I was like, wow, like I never thought Hmm. I would ever get to read that. But apparently I think Fanagraphics is who did the Adastra in Africa. And so they're going to do monsters. So I was kind of, I I don't know. I mean, you know, things can change obviously, but when, when I read that, I was kind of excited about it. And that sort of reading that news blurb or whatever, like led me to find out about, the Adastra in Africa because I wasn't aware of it until that point. So it's like one thing kind of, you know, one, you know, one pool ball kind of hit the other and and (laughs) I kind of was off and running looking at different comics and everything like that. Um, Well, I got to ask because, you know, Life, Death 1 and 2, so much of the focus of that is the loss of Storm's powers. And it would seem like if you're going to do a third part, the logical thing would be for her powers to be restored in that story uh, rather than how they did it. Was that that part of the crux of Adastra or or am I just off base? Yeah, I think so. No, no, no. I don't think you're off base. I mean, to me, it was more of like an emotional story. Like to me, I don't think the powers really mattered but but i i think there's there's that aspect of it where it's almost like there's a a a coming home again to those first two parts and Mm -hmm. then by then she has her powers and stuff like that gotcha okay cool um so tell us about the boxes I, I guess not to disappoint, but like it, I, I tried to keep it to stuff that I, I enjoy reading. So, so there's, there's, there's that, but, uh, so Simon Furman is doing a mini series. They, they released a couple one shots called like, it was like transformers 84 and they had like a zero issue and some other things like that. But, uh, they turned it into a mini series. It's four issues. It's called secrets and lies transformers 84. Um, the basic pitch of this is it's, it's kind of like the untold tales of Spider-Man, but for mm. like early Marvel Transformers, like it's kind of like filling in like the blanks before the arc launched and in between, like after the arc was lost and kind of like setting up things. So if, if anybody's familiar with the boxes, you know, Optimus <laughs> Prime and his crew got lost and everything like that. And so they, they kind of set up like some of the, the power structures and everything 
um, that occur afterwards. So like in the Marvel comic, like when you finally return to Cybertron, I guess around issue like 17, one of the Decepticons that's in charge is Lord Straxus and he's got a smelting pit and he puts all these poor Autobots in it. And it's, you know, this kind of tale of blaster and the Autobots kind of, you know, leading the charge and being, you know, part of the resistance against him. Well, in, in some of these backstories, it's kind of like this cool moment where you see like the, the latest issue, you know, it, it's cool because you see all the various Autobot leaders that are around when Optimus Prime has vacated. So it's like Fortress Maximus, which leads into the Headmasters. It's um, Ultra Magnus, you know, and, and then you've got like Springer and the Wreckers and all these guys. So you've got all these kind of important characters that you normally wouldn't associate with early Transformers. And then and then for the, the bad guys, it's like once Megatron and Shockwave, who were part of that excursion that got lost on Earth in the Marvel comic, it's like who fills the power void, like Straxus, um, Scorponok and Thunderwing. So it's, it, it was kind of cool to see like this, you know, it's like the Trimvariate of good and the, and the Trimvariate of evil that's left behind on the planet. And, you know, things like that happen in the series. There's, there's other stuff that occurs too, where they try to explain like certain maybe nagging inconsistencies. And um, it's all told from the point of view of a character called Punch Counterpunch. And basically his whole, I guess gimmick was he he's an Autobot and a Decepticon like he's a spy so it's like he's an Autobot he can transform into a car but he can also transform into a Decepticon called Counterpunch so it's like he's kind of undercover and relaying the story from both sides because he has the vantage point of of being on both sides so he can like narrate the entire story as it sort of cuts back and forth between the Autobot camp and the Decepticon camp. But, it's a clever yeah. storytelling point yeah, of view. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, I, yeah. and prequels always work out so well. Does this one have a trade federation also? Uh, <laughs> no. no. No, no, no. It's good. I was just going for the Phantom Menace joke, not the X-Men joke. But anyway. There's there's lots of cool, cool tattoos and Darth Maul stuff in, in this one. <laughs> so, um, anything else before we move on, Derek? I don't want to cut off the, uh, off, cut off the boxes. Um, just to give you guys a shout out, cause I, I know you guys mentioned Scooby-Doo team up was free at some point. Oh, it's so I good. My, I, I, I didn't mention this in my video, but I think my favorite thing was I was doing a lot of research and I realized that, uh, there's lots of, uh, Shazam, Captain Marvel stuff in, uh, Scooby-Doo team up. So I think my favorite bit was when I read the issue and they give, uh, they give Velma and Shaggy their own. It's like Zoinks and Jinkies, and they actually <laughs> list out like Zeus, Odin, Icarus, Neptune, Kronos, Sisyphus, and then Juno, Isis, Nemesis, Kali, Ishtar, Electra, Sybil. So I'm like, and 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 old Shazam, the wizard, is actually like showing them like these are your gods. And when Velma says Jinkies and Shaggy says Zoinks, they become like Shaggy Marvel and Velma Marvel. And I'm like, this. I, I was like, I when I read that i post the little the little uh panel and i have orson wells doing his like you know bravo clap or whatever <laughs> <laughs> this is genius sholly fish you're my hero man oh man that's awesome well I'll, I'll talk a little bit about myself so i mean i'm I've, I've fully embraced my i'm an old man get off my lawn kind of phase especially uh now here in the pandemic where it's you know it's hard 
on all of us emotionally. So I just, I, I dive right into what brings me joy. And nowadays it's nostalgia. And I guess like, you know, as Sean said, there's so little new comics anyway. So I, I guess I'm in good shape here. So doing the who's who podcast encouraged me to go out and read a crap ton of new Titans comics from the nineties. So I started with the Titans hunt, which I know is very divisive, but I have totally have my nostalgia, uh, nostalgia goggles on. So I don't care. I really loved rereading the Titans hunt, which then leads into team Titans and Deathstroke, And I got all the way through total chaos. I think I read like, I don't know, 25, 30 of these comics and just had an absolute ball with them. Some of them are God awful, but I don't care. It was just, Super fun. I've also started a reread on the JSA series, the one that started off with uh, Goyer and Robinson. Eventually, Jeff Johns takes over. It's so damn good. So good. So good. I started with the uh, JSA Returns, which is that like those nine one shots uh, that were so that all take place in the forties that were so freaking good. And then dive into the other series. Ah, just having a blast. I I did get distracted though, and I blame you a little bit, Derek, because now I uh, as I was making my way through JSA, I suddenly took a hard turn, and I'm reading New Mutants because oh, you sweet. You got me so excited about this now, and so I'm uh, been I, I'm only a few issues in, but man, I can't seem to stop. I'm just all in on my old new mutants. I, I can't wait because I mean I love this series. I came to it kind of late. I came to it I think about the time Rob Liefeld started. Actually, I started reading it at that point, and then dove all immediately all the way back to issue one and bought them all and read them. And and now I'm even starting to wonder. I'm like, you know, I wonder if I even bothered to finish reading like the Bird Brain issues because those things were just god awful. So. <laughs> Well, I got you back on Titan's Hunt because, you know, Tom Grumman is one of my favorite pencilers. So oh, he's fantastic, that's, man. That's that's the, the height of, of some of, you know, outside of, you know, Wolfman and Perez, like that's kind of like the height of, of Titans for me. You know, I was going to ask you, I don't know. I don't know if you got a hold of this or not, but I was curious. Did you did you watch uh, Deathstroke Knights and Demons at all? I haven't. Sense. I have not watched it yet. I mean, um, I don't know. It, 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 you may have mixed feelings about it, but I mean, I know you're. I know you're a Deathstroke guy, like because mm-hmm. you mentioned how it led into Deathstroke and Teen Titans and everything. So I think. I think as long as Deathstroke is your favorite character and not some of the other characters that show up in it for Deathstroke to slap around, I think. Is it on uh, DC Universe? Uh, not yet. It, it uh. just. I, it just came out. Like I think it came out like digitally, like September or whatever. And then and then I got the the Blu-ray. Like not too. You know how they delay it. Like, yeah, like sure. Or something. And I got the Blu-ray like after that. Sweet. All right. Well, I'll wait till uh, when it hits DC Universe. I'll give it a try, man. Absolutely. Well, it was written by J.M. DiMatteis, right? Yes. Yes. Uh. It was, I, I mean, it's 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 definitely like one of those things where you can kind of pick out some of the DiMatteis. Uh, how do I say it? Demetrius isms, <laughs> like, like where you like like there's there's like certain narrations and 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 stuff that Deathstroke says to himself, and it's kind of like I I was sitting there thinking to myself, oh that's totally like a Demetriusism, you know, like, like <laughs> he's having a conversation, a thought to himself as he's like plummeting through the sky. And I'm like, that's totally what you do in a comic book. <laughs> you know, you, you kind of think to yourself, you're not like worried about saving your life. You, you think about esoteric things and stuff. That's awesome. Well, if there was some blah, ha ha or some vermin in there, then we definitely know it was <laughs> So, uh, other things I'm reading just to get through this, uh, I, I'm on book wise. I've, I just finished reading, um, engine of gods by Jack McDevitt. He's this great writer. I've talked about him before in some of these episodes. I, I really love me. He writes these 
not hard science fiction, but they're, they're science fiction with a lot of thought behind it. They're, basically, it, whatever he's writing, it always seems to be like ancient archaeology, but it's far in the future. So they're digging up stuff that still hasn't happened for us here in the 21st century. But uh, it just, it's a really fascinating sort of uh, sci-fi archaeology stuff. I really love those. So I read that one. That was fun. Right now I'm reading a, a Star Trek book, The Lost Era by David George. It's a, well, they did a whole bunch of these Lost Eras here. This one in particular takes place. Remember, um, Captain Harriman of the USS Enterprise B? He was in there. It was uh, Cameron from Ferris Bueller. He, w- yes. he was he was captain of the Enterprise for like ten minutes, right? Well, in the books, he kept going. So at this point, he's he's been captain for like eighteen years. So it's him and uh, Sulu's daughters, his uh, his uh, second in charge. And so I'm I'm in, I'm digging that. Dave George is uh, he's a good writer, so I'm having fun with that. And then I also reread some of the Star Wars X Wing books. Uh, I'd read those back in well, I don't know what the '90s when they were first published and loved them. So I tore through two of those, read a bunch of the comics, and man, that was. I'd forgotten how much fun those books are. They're just an absolute blast. So, well, that's me reading. And, uh, again, all nostalgia, pretty much, but it's bringing me joy. So, you know what? I'm an old man. I'll take what happiness I can find. So, Mr. Kelly, uh, have you figured out how to read? Are you still reading those books with pictures? So, um, yeah, well, speaking of, you guys mentioned Charlie Fish. He has a new graphic novel out. It just came out a couple of weeks ago called Teen Titans Go to Camp. <laughs> which is uh, drawn by, let me see, I got to put it right here, drawn by uh, Marcelo DiCaria and more. And I haven't read it yet, and I plan to uh, because I'm a big fan of Charlie. We've already talked about him on Scooby-Doo Team-Up episode, and I had him on Treasury Cast a couple of years ago, so I'm excited to read that. In terms of something I've been reading, uh, do audiobooks count as reading? I don't know what the rule is for that. I, I mentioned audiobooks, so... Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, I listen to... We will... Kelly and I listen to all 15 hours of Sandman. Oh, uh, my gosh. Yeah, um, because what we, we, were, we both work from the same company. We both work for CBS Television, so we're at either ends of the dining room, and we are just burning through material left and right to listen to. And so we were like, Oh, let's get Sandman. So we just listened to all Sandman in like two and a half days. And it was, it was pretty good. I mean, it's amazingly loyal to the subject matter. I would almost say too loyal because there's points where, like, it mentions Justice League International. <laughs> I'm just like, what? like, what is this reference? Like, it's so old. But the Do not criticize that, sir. <laughs> it just seems weird to, like, not update it. But nevertheless, it was it was very well produced. And all the actors are really good. James McAvoy is, is uh, Morpheus. He's really good. Kat Dennings is uh, Death, which is yes. good. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, B.B. Newirth is in it. it, it oh, it's wow. Really, really well done. I mean, they did a full-on thing, and I think it adapts like the first, like twenty-two issues of the series. I think it's so, like yeah, I think it's like the first three trade paperbacks. Yeah, they were collected. So I, I got it queued up. I haven't started listening to it yet, but I got it on Audible, and I'm I'm planning to do it. Like once I I need to clear my decks of a few other books, but yeah. Yeah, Actually, really, you, really good. You, you and Kelly, I have to thank. I mean, I'm only I'm only two hours into it. One one thing we're talking about, like pandemic and how things affect. Like my commute time is drastically less now <laughs> than it used to be. Um, so I, I, it's like I'm lucky if I get like 20 minutes of listening into anything in any given day, as far as like podcasts go. But I, I am into the first two hours, and man, you know, th- this is this is how you hopefully pitch it to, to Shag. This is Dirk Mags. This is the guy that did right. Batman Nightfall. Like it's really, really effing good, man. Like, like it's it's good. It's good. that is a, that is a good way to pitch it to me, by the way. <laughs> yeah. 
It's it is it is outstanding. It's really really well done, and it's it's sort of funny because before we lived together, uh, she was listening to a lot of my podcasts, and now for some reason she doesn't listen to any of my shows anymore. I don't know why that might be. <laughs> just imagine, huh? Can't even fathom why. <laughs> I just Cat Dennings as death. Like I'm going to go stand on the top of some tall buildings. Like I, <laughs> something my, my 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 fear of death is not. As, I'm not as afraid anymore. <laughs> She she is very adorable as death. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, they, I, I it, it makes her, I'm like I hope they continue to do the rest of them. I mean, the production is is huge. I mean, said the actor at the end of it, they go through the list of actors, and it's like 75 names. Oh my I mean, gosh, unreal! How many people they got to be in this thing? So, but it was it's just so funny to hear them mention like Blue Beetle. I'm like, this <laughs> is <laughs> so strange. But that's been that 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 ate up like a good couple of days worth of work, and it's it's very very well done. Awesome. Well, let's uh let's shift to stuff that we're watching. Um, unless Rob has something else he wants to talk about, but I, I don't think Rob knows how to read anymore. <laughs> no, I have. I've, I'm quickly devolving over the last couple of months of forced quarantine. <laughs> It's the Valium. It's all the Valiums, folks. Uh, so why don't we head over to Ryan? So what are you watching, buddy? Well, thanks to Disney Plus and now having a child who has the attention span to watch shows like that, um, I, I am consuming a whole lot of kids kids shows, media like that. But also, just I, I started getting into like a whole lot of like Pixar movies from the past, you know, two decades, mm. and I just slipped under my radar. I was I was never never thought I was the audience for those, so I just never like I watched the first Toy Story when it came out, and nothing since then. And then just within like you know the last you're that months, one guy, yeah. Since the last six months, like just because of like Reese is now that age, I've seen all the Toy Story movies. I love them to death. I've seen the Cars movies; they're wonderful. Uh, the Frozen movies, uh, Reese really likes Onward, and which is great. Like, God, there's so many Dungeons and Dragons jokes in that. Thing. <laughs> Giant gelatinous cube chases them. I couldn't believe it when I got, when I saw that. Um, and so yeah, and then just like other stuff like that. But besides that, I mean. Between podcasting and trying to do other stuff, I, I've turned into – there are very few new shows that I'm finding myself having the energy to invest in and, and dedicate myself to. So it's much more regurgitating like comfort food shows, going back and watching Parks and Rec for the umpteenth time or, or you know other stuff like that. The one exception, and I did it because the so – right after Game of Thrones ended, I, we ditched HBO. Um, just cause it, uh, we, we weren't watching very much of it and, you know, Game of Thrones left a bad taste in my mouth the way that show ended. So we ditched that. So, and, and I think because they were also saying, you know, the next big show on HBO is going to be Watchmen. I'm like, well, that's going to suck. I don't want to watch that. And then I basically got rid of it and everybody's like, Watchmen is the greatest show ever. You've got to say, I'm like, what? But anyway, so now they've got, uh, Lovecraft Country is the new one. And the first episode was made available on YouTube. And I was like, well, I like Lovecraft, his writing, except for all of the racism. And <laughs> this one deals with racism, which feels topical at the moment. Let me give this one a shot. Uh, and I watched the first episode, and I loved it. I thought it was terrific. Um, so I was like, now I'm like, ah, all right. I, I think now that they've got three episodes out, I think I can I can hold off. So I'm, I'll probably collect it or either buy it all once it's all available or, or do something. But I am looking forward to that show based on the first episode. But other than that, there's not a whole lot of current stuff that I'm into. I mean, there's stuff that I would like to watch. I'm just, 
my my attention span isn't there. My emotions aren't there to watch new content. I'm just like, I'm, I'm tired. Just give me something I can fall asleep to. Or <laughs> so, there was so, an interesting – oh, sorry, Shag. Uh, there was an interesting article actually recently that, that the number of people re-watching shows – has has gone up significantly in quarantine, and they they're associating it with anxiety. That it's that mm. that when you watch a new show and you get invested in the characters and you get scared for what's going to happen to them, it raises your anxiety level. So people are going back to shows where even if the show is is high suspense, they know what's coming, and so their anxiety is down, and it's it's like a form of comfort. It's really interesting. Well, my, I've been like this for about five years, so I think my anxiety probably started with the Fire and Water Network. Oh, that, so that I, tracks. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think it's quarantine or the pandemic related. I think it's it's Robin Shag and Cisco and Chris. That completely tracks. So uh, when, when you're ready for me to break the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse show for you so that you can never oh, watch it Oh, I know about the ears. I know. Oh, you know about the ears. Okay, yeah. You, you told me that a long time ago, and then I watched it. I was like... Oh, God damn it. I can't watch this anymore. Right. You, you can never watch the show again. It'll break you. So I did like how you mentioned falling asleep. So I saw a great meme the other day that said, uh, after our, it was some, some, somebody posted. So I'm like, after four hours of heated negotiation, my wife and I have finally settled on something to watch so that she can spend the whole time on her phone and I can fall asleep watching it. It's <laughs> <Yeah>. like, <laughs> so that, that's about right. Yeah. <laughs> well, Sean, what have you been watching, man? Uh, well, I, I thought I had started watching Black Mirror, but it turned out I was just on Twitter. Uh, so that, was a, that was a surprise for me. Uh, so I also have a child who is now at home a lot. Uh, I love her. I do. I promise. But she's home a lot. And uh, <laughs> so we are trying to find interesting ways to bond and connect. And finally, I was like, well, physically and in every other way, because you're my child, you're going to be a nerd. So let's just like fully baptize you. And so we started watching a ton of you know manga and and. A lot of cartoons. She's watching Spider-Man and his amazing friend, <gasps> Avatar, The Last Airbender, which was amazing. And then I made the mistake. Uh, she's 10. And I made the mistake of going, you know what show people talk about a lot? Like My Hero Academia. Like I hear a lot of good stuff about it. And I look it up and it says like 14 plus. And I'm like, ah, I don't know. 14, 10. Those are close. Oh, well, they're not. And uh, <laughs> I probably should not have started it on it. But we now have a deal where she can't watch episodes unless I'm there with her. Because there's some content that I like to kind of talk her through. But that show is amazing. I mean, I, I'm fully invested. In fact, the fourth season, the dubbed version comes out September 10th. And we are like counting the minutes till, till we get to it. It's just, it's a great example of like a long form superhero high kind of show. And, and I, I can't recommend it enough, though I would wait, a better parent would wait till their child is a little older. <laughs> maybe, my, um, maybe when they're, they're of quirk age. You know, yeah, there you go. See, perfect. <laughs> my, my 21 year old went through a phase, uh, with, with that show, My Hero Academia. And I mean, he was just, uh, to- and the, and the manga, he was just totally invested in it and really enjoyed it. Uh, I'm wondering now how old he was. Hmm. I could very well be a bad parent as well. Yeah, it's it's hard. It's one of those shows where like ninety percent of it's great, and then ten percent of it, you're like, oh, now I have to have this conversation, <laughs> and that sucks. Uh, then well, the other thing I was watching on Hulu, so I got Hulu because of Rob, because Mash, <laughs> I love Mash Cast, and I love Mash and corporate Hulu, sponsor. <laughs> exactly, Hulu got Mash, so I got Mash. And I was like, well, what else is on this? Um, I saw Palm Springs, that Andy Samberg movie, which great was movie. Great movie. I love fantastic, that. Fantastic. It was so good. I don't know the actress's name. It's on the top of my head, but she is like, she could be death and I would throw myself off the top of a building. She's amazing too. But anyway, Chris, they have a, Christiane Milotti. Okay. 
she was amazing. She yes, was she fantastic. was. She was great. I like and, how Rob had that memorized. That tells you a lot right there. <laughs> she, she's, she's from my hometown. Is she really? Mm-hmm. She went to my high school. Oh, wow. Whoa. Yeah, she's, she was fantastic. So that movie was great. And then there's a show on there called Love, Victor. So there was a movie a couple of years ago called Love, Simon about a kid in high school who, you know, realizes he's gay and, and he gets outed and it, you know, and it's a sweet story though. It's, it was one of the few movies with a, a gay protagonist that wasn't about trauma. And, you know, it was, it's a really sweet movie. And, and I very purposely sought it out when it was in the theaters because the lead actress in it was a former student of mine, uh, Alexandra Ship. She actually played Storm in the most recent X-Men movies too. And I was like, That's Oh, amazing. Yeah, yeah. Like, of course, I'm going to go see it. She's like a former kid of mine. I love this kid, you know, and it was a sweet movie. And so they made a show where a kid named Victor comes to that high school the next year. And he's, you know, kind of wrestling with his sexuality. But instead of it being wrestling with his sexuality in a place where it's, you know, discriminated against or, you know, kind of that the older tropes, it's like this is actually a very welcoming 2020 modern high school where kids really don't care if somebody's gay or not. So it's interesting to see it from that perspective of like the struggle is still there because he's trying to figure out who he is, but it's in a much different environment. The characters are really sweet. And so, yeah, I, I, I highly recommend that show too. That was great. Awesome. Well then, uh, let's see. What, what, what do they still have TV in California? Or, or... <laughs> I, I'm I'm allowed to watch my TV. I can I can turn it on. So far, <laughs> so far it's okay. Um, I guess maybe maybe I dig an- anxiety or something because because I am still watching new shows. Or maybe maybe I have a knack for finding new shows that are still comforting. I guess. But um, as far as stuff you can watch for free. Uh, right now so this is kind of like a for free recommendation to everybody if they want to check it out um i love transformers cyberverse season three like it's it's probably the best season of the show so far and i'm totally biased like it 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 kind of focuses on hot rod and and a bunch of characters that i like but i i think it's a really fun show and season three was kind of the tops for me and um i i talk about it endlessly but it, it's a really good show and it's also for free on uh one of the like official transformers channels on youtube like they usually release a new episode like every week right now and stuff like that free um, is great man yeah yeah and uh, something else that um, is free but limited time window, um, they have, like, the Ultraman official channel. I think it's, like, Subaraya's channel or something like that. But the, the latest Ultraman series is called Ultraman Zeto, which is basically, if you look up Ultraman Z. And so it's, like, the latest Ultraman protagonist, basically. And, you know, it's kind of, you know, I, I guess this is where the comfort food comes into it. You know, I mean, it's the same premise as the majority of Ultraman shows. You know, the, the Ultraman comes to Earth you know bonds with a young you know heroic character lead protagonist and everything and then you know monster attacks the city they turn into ultraman and the monster either gets beat up or they make friends with the monster or you know some something happens to resolve the issue and everything like that um there's lots of callbacks to uh previous ultraman series if you follow all the continuity with that and there's some twists and turns and some obvious but not so obvious surprises given some of the returning actors um so i you know for the most part i've been pretty consistent about watching it i'm a couple episodes behind but again that is free i think those like they they stay up for like maybe a couple weeks like the latest Mm. episode because it's like live uh what do they call it simulcast like when it comes out in japan it gets posted on the youtube channel so it's it kind of be like 
if you were watching TV. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you could yeah. see it for like a week or something and then or a week or two and then it's kind of, you know, scutters off to, you know, I don't know, some Blu-ray or wh- wherever it's going to end up. Um, as far as something that I, I um, am paying for that I enjoy and, and, and I'm still following and probably would give people anxiety, maybe, I don't know. But um, <laughs> I, I really, I, I do really like uh, Doom Patrol and the uh... second season was, was you know, uh, on uh, DC Universe and HBO Max. Those are the two places where you can watch it. But um, I, I dig that show. So I, I, I was having fun, you know, watching the second season and everything and, and all that kind of stuff made me laugh. I think uh, my, my favorite was uh, when they were trying to find out what happened to uh, the uh, character that Alan Tudyk plays um, the Mr. Mr. Nobody. Nobody. And, and so, cause Mr. Nobody was in season one and they said, ah, you know, he, he, I forget how they put it, but they're like, uh, you know, Oh, he got some, some job on some, you know, some uh, animated show or whatever, you know, some hack animated show. And they, they kind of, you know, but they're, they're talking about Harley Quinn. So that made me. (laughs) (laughs) That Harley Quinn show is unnaturally enjoyable. (laughs) Yeah. At least somebody enjoys it. <laughs> so before I I, I I leave you, is there anything else before I cut you off there, sir? No, no, no. That that was those were my those were my three major things. I mean, I I again, like I I think you know, I guess for the most part, like kind of like the, the listening to podcasts and all that other stuff. I feel like a lot of times I come home and all I want to do is go to sleep. So so I don't I don't watch too much stuff, but. Uh, when when I do, I'm usually kind of selective, and and I did want to focus on things that I I you know wholeheartedly could recommend and enjoy and and thought were great, and those were three of the shows that I immediately thought of. Awesome. Well, I uh, as I keep saying, I'm an old man, and if I sit down to watch a show, I'm probably going to fall asleep. So uh, most of my viewing is done on the treadmill, and because uh, I'm forced to stay awake. So things I've been enjoying, uh, I, I for a long time I held out finishing out the Marvel shows on Netflix because I, I love me some Daredevil, I love me some Jessica Jones, but I couldn't bring myself to watch the last seasons because not not because I didn't want to watch, but I just didn't want it to be over. I, I wanted there to always be more for me to watch. Well, I finally decided to do it. So I dove in and watched Daredevil season three and absolutely loved it. Thought it was fantastic. It was a great adaptation of the born again story. Really, really very enjoyable. In fact, by the way, uh, my, my daredevil motocross daredevil action figure just came in the mail yesterday. I'm so excited. <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> so excited. And then, uh, right now I'm making my way through Jessica Jones season three and that show is just so stinking good. I mean, it's all on the back of the actress. Cause I mean, it's, there's not a big world there around her. Um, I mean, I get, she has some supporting cast certainly, but she, she does such a great job as being such a self-destructive person. And it's, it's just completely engaging. I can't not watch. So I'm really enjoying that. Then, uh, on the days where I'm super stressed out and I don't want to watch something dramatic, I watch comedies and I've been watching community. I'm that guy who didn't watch community. Who's watching it for the first time now. So uh, I'm on season three and absolutely loving it. I cannot believe it took me this long to finally embrace it, but it's a super fun show. And uh, for those of you, by the way, who hadn't tried Stargirl on either the CW or the DC Universe app, I when I first saw the photos and the trailers and the costumes, I was like, no, thank you. But I started watching it on a whim. I still haven't finished it, so I don't know what happens in the last episode. But 
damn, that show is good. It's so full of heart. It's so full of uh, it, it promise and hope and positivity, and it's just fun. There's times when you got to just uh, turn off your logic brain and accept, you know, okay, it's a superhero thing. There's some ridiculous stuff going on here, but it's really a lot of fun. I saw somebody pose the question of saying, you know, is this the best DC TV show? Mm, might be. I'm not sure. Have you guys watched Stargirl at all? Uh, Solomon Grundy has pants. I mean, it's 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 <laughs> awesome. Like like I, well, I mean, I'll 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 just say like that, it, keeping it positive. Like I I think the way that the the things that drew me into the show that got me past any of my preconceived notions was how they handled the injustice society. And I think especially like I don't know how far you are into it, but there's a a fight that goes down like in the sixth episode. And I think when I saw that fight, I was like, well, damn, that was a, that was a pretty good, you know, fight sequence. So I, I enjoyed that. And, and that's, that's what I will say about it. <laughs> uh, I've only got like one or two episodes left, so I know what you're talking about. So, and, and, and I'm going to throw this one on the table here and, uh, I, and see if where you guys pick up the gauntlet. My wife and I, the other night in, ex- in our excitement for Bill and Ted face the music, which we haven't watched yet. We decided, you know what? Let's watch Bill and Ted. Bogus, Bogus's journey. Cause I realized I've never actually seen that movie. As much as I love the first Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, and I've seen it tons and tons of times. Hell, I saw it opening night in the theater way back in what, 89 or whatever it was. I, I hadn't seen Bogus Journey. So, and I knew it had kind of a, you know, not great reputation. All right. I'm putting it out there, and I know I pissed off some people saying this in a private thread, but that movie is freaking horrible. I mean, I'm not just talking bad. Oh, that boo. movie, I'm sorry, boo. that movie is so bad. <laughs> it is bad, bad, bad. There should be documentaries about how bad Dude, that movie is. Shag, that was non, 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 non. <laughs> can I can I tell you how satisfying it was to hear a chorus of people booing Shag when it's on? <laughs> <laughs> you guys aren't lucky. Hey, you guys are I'll, lucky. I'll my let, wife's not here. I'll, I'll let Star Girl slide, but I'm gonna let Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey slide. No, sir. That yeah. movie is so awful. I mean, I can look. I can see not liking it if you hate things that are fun. If you oh hate my joy <laughs> and life and sunlight. But you know that movie is that movie is a sparkly wand of joy in a dark universe. It is it is delightful. Station is stupid. <laughs> I uh, oh my god! Wait, Dude. wait 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 wait! Doctor Who fan, but Station is stupid. Come on, man. <laughs> the dry the line must be drawn here. So uh, I gotta pick I gotta pick a side. So all right, fine. The movie sucks, but you guys can say otherwise. All right, um, let's throw it over to Mr. Kelly. Rob, what have you been watching, man? So, I mean, I watch a lot of different stuff because I subscribe to, like, I think 74 different streaming channels. <laughs> so, um, I'm just going to hit the highlights, some stuff that's been really entertaining, entertaining both of us. Um, first of all, on Shudder, we get Shudder for some reason, and uh, there's a, which is a horror-only channel Ooh. you can get through Prime. And they have a, a four-and-a-half-hour documentary about 80s horror. Oh, wow. In, in Search of Darkness, a journey into iconic 80s horror. And when you queue it up, you know, and it's like running time, four hours and 35 minutes, you're like, <laughs> why isn't this just a miniseries? But we watched all of it in like two nights. Hmm. Really that good. And it really gets in depth into, you know, the bigger films of the 80s, of course, like, you know, like any, well, pretty sure any of the John Carpenter stuff, uh, you know, and then, but then it gets into obscure stuff, which we really like. So that was really highly entertaining. 
On, like over, a big, is a big chunk on like the slashers of like the Friday the Thirteenth and the horror yeah, Halloween yeah. and stuff. They do it. They do it year by year, and then they break it. Then they go into like the music of horror and then, oh. like slashers and like the final girls of horror and stuff like. And it's full of interviews, and it's really, really very well done. And uh, so that that we enjoyed. Speaking of, Sean mentioned Hulu. One of my favorite shows now. Period is uh, what we do in the shadows. Oh, that show is so good, it's amazing. I I I, I like um, Taika Waititi, of course. I like his films, and I like the movie. And I had heard the show was good, but everyone had said, uh, which you hear about typically, but shows it's like, oh, we'll watch the first, like the first four or five aren't you know aren't that great, but but stick you know stick with it. And I, I just kind of get like, oh, I can't, I don't know. I don't want to sit through five episodes. It's worth it. Because like the first four or five basically just repeat the movie. And then the show moves into its own crazy universe. <laughs> and we binge watched all of that in like a week. It is so funny. It is so clever. And the way that it approaches every kind of horror uh, trope, like there's one about like, there's there's one featuring one of the characters has like a, a, a rival vampire played by Mark Hamill. There's <laughs> another one where they deal with necromancers. There's another one where they deal with like and it's like all of this stuff about how these vampires are supposed to be running the world, but they don't run anything because they're so out of date with what anything is related to, you know, they're so out of date for in twenty twenty of what they're used to from the late eighteen hundreds. It is a fantastic show and and it just got nominated for a bunch of emmys so this is the matt berry show right uh yeah 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 he's in it yeah okay there there's an episode where he 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 goes undercover he goes in disguise (laughs) playing a vampire named jackie daytona (laughs) his whole disguise is a toothpick that's it. That's the disguise. And he's at this bar and it went, and Mark Hamill plays this vampire who's been chasing him for a hundred years. And he finally takes his toothpick out. And Mark Hamill's like, Jackie Daytona. And it's, <laughs> it's still, it's, it's like, to me, it's like mystery science theater. And that it has all kinds of humor, dumb jokes, highbrow jokes, visual jokes. It is absolutely fantastic. Sean, I'm assuming you've seen it too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I love that show. Oh man, it is just unbelievably good. And then the one other thing I will mention um, over on Netflix is there's a documentary series called Love on the Spectrum, which is a five episode show and it's set in Australia. And it's about people on the autism spectrum looking for love. And it sounds, you know, when you first hear it, you're like, oh, what? But it's like, it's so sort of like clear eyed and straightforward the way it presents these people because of course these people i mean imagine how difficult it is to navigate relationships just you know <laughs> any of us to mm-hmm. navigate really and then to have that added thing in your way of like not necessarily being able to pick up on social cues and you immediately like fall in love with all of these people because you're rooting for them so hard because you just want them to find love you know i mean it's like like anybody else and so when you first hear about it, it sounds like, oh, are, are we kind of like making fun of them? No, it is totally not that. It's a very, very beautifully simple, sympathetic view of people that are dealing with autism in different ways. And they're trying to find love. And they're already going to do a second season of it. And there's been like follow-ups of what these people are doing now. It's really, really great. It, I always know something is good when 
like, cause Kelly tends to find these things. She'll put it on and I'm off doing something else. And I'll come in and watch five minutes. And then three hours later, if we watch the whole thing <laughs> all the time. So those are all like all across the board. Shutter has this thing. And then what we do in the shadows is really good. And then this, this uh, love on the spectrum, it's all really. And, and then the one other thing I'll mention old school is X-Files. We are catching oh, up yeah. on X-Files. Now, when I, when X-Files was first on in the mid nineties, um, I was, I was uh, seeing someone and we had this kind of like normal routine on Friday nights where we would watch it. We would have dinner, watch X-Files and then like have sex. So I oh, kind of, I would sort of like not be paying attention to X-Files all that much. And so now <laughs> so I'm, I'm catching up on all the later seasons and it's like, show was pretty good. I have to say. Wow. That was uh, a little too much into Rob's past. I think. <laughs> well, you had the smoking man during it and then the smoking man after it. <laughs> the funny thing was I had basically the same routine, but I wasn't dating anyone at the time. <laughs> <laughs> you were the lone gunman. <laughs> oh God, man! I wish we could end the show on that, but we got so much more to talk about. Oh, that was so good. I, I, these meanwhiles have been pent up over the summer. Just. Apparently so. <laughs> hey, Rob, I, I just wanted to check because you mentioned the the horror documentary. Have you ever seen uh, Never Sleep Again or Crystal Lake Memories? Yes, that's another okay. one that's like four hours long. Yeah, yeah, there, there, that's amazing. what I was saying. When you said, "Oh, this is four hours," I was like, "Oh yeah, I remember those." So, like that—that's what I thought you were leading into. But this is yeah, a new the, one for me, so I'll yeah, it's check it it's out. really really good on Shutter. It's 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 if you love eighties horror, it is like the almost like the the final word on it. It's so good. So, who's running X Files nowadays? I went looking for it not too long ago, and I couldn't find it on the streaming services. I have. it's on Hulu. It's on oh, Hulu. it is. Oh, the whole hot, thing is on Hulu. Hot damn! All right. Yep. Yep. I, I started watching X Files uh, in, in when uh, Agent Doggett started, so I started in the coy advanced years Ooh. of X Files. So I still <laughs> I, I haven't watched all the early stuff. So clearly, because I wasn't having sex, uh, nobody liked me. So all right. <laughs> um, well, let's go around and talk about other stuff. And we've talked about reading and, and watching, but you know, there's there's a lot more in life that goes on, whether it's stuff we do or stuff that's on our mind or just stuff we're enjoying. So Ryan, what else are you doing, man? Uh, hardly anything. Um, just just uh, raising a life. Yeah, I mean, honestly, my wife has gone back to work this week, so the only reason I'm on this episode is because you're the only adults I talk to. <laughs> <laughs> and that was in quotes, by the way. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, it's fine. It's um, we've been dealing with stuff with Reese. Um, he's, uh, he, we, we've kind of noticed all along that his, his speech has been delayed. And now that he's three years old, it's much more noticeable, um, that what he, the way he communicates and everything. And he's, he's very verbal. He's very talkative, but it's still baby talk kind of gibberish stuff. And the way he tries to enunciate words is not clear. And he inverts a lot of things. So we've been, we've been kind of going through like speech therapists and specialist programs for like the last year trying to do that. And then the pandemic shut down a lot of the services that we were trying to get for him. And then he was going to be enrolling in preschool this year, but we've withdrawn him just because I have concerns about the safety issues and stuff like that. So we uh, we're, we're just kind of looking into it. And we, we saw a specialist not uh, to uh, from Dartmouth recently who just kind of like observed him and played with him for a little while. And we were asking, it was her, her sort of premature like early diagnosis is it, he's showing some tendencies of ADHD 
And it's possible that the reason it's affecting his speech is because he's sort of skipping some of the mental processes and steps that you would think with speech. He's like trying to get to the end of the word without saying the whole thing. And so it's, it's very, I don't know. We're, it's very early stages. He's still he's still young, but we're just trying to navigate that. So that's emotional stuff to kind of deal with and process that. And but that's that's kind of just like the thing that's sort of over my head, just because he is, he does occupy so much of my life now that it's if there's anything that's sort of a blip on the radar, it causes me more concern. But. That's, damn, that's those, damn, those damn kids get in the way of all our geeky stuff. That's for sure. I but, know. Uh, I know. Other than that, I do. I do try to spoil him and myself by buying a bunch of toys. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know, like I, 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 like Derek will be happy. I'm buying a whole bunch of Transformers toys that I'm keeping packaged so that Reese can open them in a couple of years. Oh. Um, but like with your, you know, you got the motocross Daredevil from the retro Spider-Man right. wave, the Marvel Legends. I got the um, the Spider-Man and the Electro one from that wave. Nice. To try and get the Green Goblin too. So, but um, uh, if it's any consolation, uh, my eldest, who's as I mentioned, twenty-one now, uh, we had a very similar experience. Uh, with yeah, this- and, I mean, I mean, with, I mean, like I, when Reese was two weeks old, he had to have a, a brain X-ray, and he had surgery on his head when he was two months old. So we kind of I, we've been prepared for this, and Angie and I both have experience teaching special ed students and, and working in that. Program. So if it was even something more severe we would kind of be mentally, you know, prepped for it. But uh, it's emotionally different because it's yours. So, yeah. but yeah, I, I know. I mean, if it's, if it's only something like ADHD, that's not, that's, that's not, uh, uh, we, we can handle that. That's not uh, like a crisis. Well, the kid's got two amazing parents, so he's, uh, he's set up right and he's going to turn out amazing. So, and I'm with him a lot of the day. So, you know, <laughs> <laughs> so we know he's going to like Conan. Perfect. All right. So, uh, Sean, what's, uh, what's going on with you, man? Uh, so I, I have been making some good choices during quarantine. I, I am, I sit at the girls who eat their feelings table. And so, um, <laughs> when quarantine started, and I'm a I'm a big dude by nature. I mean, you met me, Shag. I'm I'm a big I'm not you know I'm I, I'm definitely could lose a couple sixth graders. He's and, full of crap, folks. He is uh, not. No, no. I'm a, I've always been a big. I look, look. I when I was a kid, my pants were in the husky section. <laughs> people from my generation, like you yes, remember, yes, you remember husky. And so I've always been you know overweight. And when the quarantine started. I mean, I just like everybody, you know, anxiety and panic and my, you know, I work in education. So my job was super high stress and, you know, again, just fear and all the things that came with it. I was just eating my feelings and I, and you know, somebody who was already overweight, suddenly I was like, oh, oh, I'm seeing numbers on the scale. Like that's, you know, like, like that's the issue. I started collecting Superman. Like that's a high, <laughs> a high number. And, uh, and so my wife and I, and my wife is asthmatic. And so she was really scared, you know, with COVID and what that would do to her respiratory system. And for the first time in a long time, we just looked at each other and we're like, okay, enough of talking enough excuses. Like we need to get life alteringly healthy. And so we um, have started, you know, cooking more and eating healthier and, I'm just much more conscious of my diet than I've ever been. And then I started exercising, who knew, uh, to <laughs> stress. And I was walking every night as a stress relief. And eventually I was walking and it was doing less and less. And so I was like, what if I 
moved my legs faster. And I discovered this thing called running. Oh, I don't, I don't know if anybody else has, has ever fallen upon. I hadn't done it. <laughs> I, I hadn't done it since my freshman year in high school when coach Mahoney made us do laps. And so I was like, Oh, I, I can do this. Wow. Like I'm in my forties and I can do this. And all of a sudden now I'm running like four miles a night. Dude. And, uh, nice. Yeah. It's, That's it's awesome. Shocking. It is shocking. Now I am, I look like the road. I look like Wiley Coyote. Like I start going and I'm not really moving anywhere. My legs are going, <laughs> but I'm still going. And so I'm running and I, I have lost uh, 35 pounds. Wow. So, wow. Yeah. Congratulations. Dude, it's amazing. Yeah, I feel really good. I'm I'm healthier than I've been in a long time. My wife has lost 30 pounds. She looks great. It's it's really cool. I mean, it's really I mean, you know, it's quarantine's awful and it sucks and there's just, you know, the negatives will never outweigh, you know, but in trying to find something in it, it was the, you know, a a road to me finding a healthier life. So I'm like, okay, that's good. That's something I like I it was kind of one of those things like if the world is out of control, at least I can control this. And, and that's been a, a really positive experience. Well, you, you, I, I started running a couple of years ago myself, but you, I, I, if, it, if you're like me, I, I feel like I've added years back to my life. Yes. I don't know. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's shocking. I, when I first started, cause I would, like I said, I'd go for walks every night. I would walk a little bit then I'd run and then I'd get winded and walk and then I'd run and get winded and walk. And now I, the other night I'm an idiot. I went out for my, my run and I wasn't paying attention to the weather and I got about three and a half miles out and there was a crazy storm moving in mm. like lightning thunder rain and i was like well here's a test of my new health level can i outrun the storm <laughs> and suddenly i was helen hunt in, in twister man and i was running <laughs> and i i beat the storm and i got home and i told my wife i'm like hey i i like that was a big thing for me like i would i would have been dead you know six months ago i would have been out in the cold i'm like this was amazing so yeah i do i do i feel like i've added years to my life i just it's it's really astounding. I also just feel like I can do things I couldn't do before. There were things I just said, oh, I'm too old to do those things now. And now I'm looking at it going, no, no, I was just too fat and out of shape. Like, I was too old. <laughs> that wasn't an age thing, man. I, this is, you know. So, yeah, it feels great. I, I'm. It's exciting. And then also, just as a quick aside, I want to thank you and everybody and all the listeners, everybody who, who's producing content, because now that I'm running – I'm listening to even more podcasts and it's, it's the thing that keeps me, you know, going and sustaining. It's my little reward. Like if I, if I get home and I don't feel like running, I'll be like, well, you know, I get to listen to, you know, the new mash cast if I do, or I get to listen to cheers cast or, you know, I, I know you have shows too, Shag. I just can't remember them. And I so I was like, <laughs> um, I'm used so to, I'm used to it. <laughs> so anyway, I, I want to especially thank, you know, those of us in our, in our comics podcasting community, because that's been a, a my little reward that's that's given me that extra edge some nights to go out running. So it's been pretty cool. Man, that is uplifting. That's yeah. Thank you. Good luck following that up, Derek. What you got, man? <laughs> well, uh, I'd just like to say I'm totally jelly of the Valium. I wish I had some myself. I, I, I long for the day when I can use got into a fight with Bane as a euphemism for you know what. So I, I, I'm, 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 I'm waiting. It's going to happen. I probably shouldn't say this on a podcast, but I can hook you up, Derek. <laughs> <laughs> Rob didn't mention he was watching X Files right before he hurt his back. <laughs> so as as far as stuff that I've been up to, I uh, just recently, yay, it's done. I, I released a new episode of History of Comics on Films. So Ooh, that's, that's, that's out and awesome. in the can and everything like that. So Kids Superpower Hour with Shazam. Um, I'm also you didn't sing it though. 
Get superpower hour with Shazam. <laughs> and the the other thing I was super stoked about was finally I got to release that New Mutants podcast I've been sitting on for three years. I so know, which, uh, which you which you alluded to earlier, I assume. So yep. that's that's that was that was uh, that was gratifying. It was funny. Everybody's like, "Wow, that that mostly worked fine, except for those X Men comics that we were talking about that are three years out of date." But other than that, it still kind of worked. <laughs> you know? so I was like, oh, you know, whatever. And um, I guess. The, the other thing that I've been doing, just for fun, I saw this this challenge thing that a friend of mine had been doing on a daily basis. It seemed like something fun that he was doing. And, and it was one of those things where it was actually a 30-day film challenge or movie challenge. And so I would look at day one and day two, and I'd look at the slides, and some of them would be like, oh, I know where that movie's from. And some of them would be like, I don't know where the hell that's from. you know. And, and I'd kind of try to look up things and everything like that. So I basically converted it into a 30-day comic book challenge and just did the same kind of, I guess, vague book thing where I'd post like a day, and it would say the first comic you remember reading and post like a panel from it and that kind of thing. So I did that for 30 days days and then uh, everybody seemed to like it or at least i got favorable kind of responses on the different social medias so i i'm in the middle of another 30-day challenge and it's, it's really it's really cool to follow it really is cool cool I, and i guess just as a lead-in to to something that's bringing me joy is there was uh day three was a comic that has more than five words and so on day three I was thinking, oh, uh, uh, Freddy Krueger and Nightmare on Elm Street. I'm like, that that definitely has more than, than, than five words. And it was something that I liked. And there's a preview for the third issue. It was a black and white Marvel magazine, kind of like the, the Conan ones and all that kind of good stuff, or, or Tomb of Dracula, stuff like that. And there was supposed to be a third issue, and it never got released because, of course, everybody freaked out because it was Freddy Krueger, and it got canceled because of the moms or whatever, right? <sighs> and and um, so so the third issue never came out, but there was a preview for the what was supposedly going to be one of the covers to the third issue, and it's a Joe Chiodo painted piece, and it's this piece with like – it's kind of like, um, you know – school's in session you know freddy krueger's at the the teacher's desk behind a blackboard and he's cutting an apple with his freddy krueger claws and there's this really cute schoolgirl sitting on the the desk with him and the the thing is like uh no homework but go to sleep early you know like that's the whole (laughs) cover right and and i i was kind of sitting there going Man, because at the end of the the issue, mo- most of it's a black and white magazine, and of course, you know the covers are usually in color. But even at the end of the preview for the next issue, it was still in black and white. And I was like racking my brain, like trying to think, like, man, I know I've seen this in color before, and I just couldn't figure out where. So I start posting on different places and everything, and finally, I actually start talking with Joe Chiodo, and like, and he's like. Yeah, that was in color. We're both trying to figure out, like, where the hell was this thing? <laughs> it was in color. You know, we couldn't figure it out. And eventually, like, he, he figured out it was in an art book, but to get around, like, the licensing stuff, because he didn't own Freddy Krueger, I guess what they did was they cropped out the, the girl, you know? And so the girl was in color. And so I was like, oh, that's where it was from. And so that's that's what I posted for day three. But but because of all that, and I started talking to Joe Chiodo, who draws really attractive women, I was like, 
Can you hook me up with a maximum commission? Of course you did. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and he has he has a guy and uh, you know a representative that he works through, and he was really nice about it. And he's like, talk to him, and 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 we'll get it set up and and go through him and everything. So I talked to the guy, and we worked it out. And and the other thing I was excited about was this. I think technically is my first like painted commission. So I was like, oh, this is super cool because it's like on a hard board and it's painted and everything like that. So, uh, you know, that that's something where I was like definitely, you know, finding my joy uh, through all that. And then um, I'm just throwing this in to, uh, to needle shag and make them jealous. But, Perfect. Uh, guess, guess who won the Fred Hembeck sketch card of Elemental Firestorm? Uh-uh. <laughs> this guy. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's basically what I, you know, I just figured I'd keep it at, at fun stuff that that I, I'm I'm super excited about. I love to think that Derek is willing to invest large amounts of money just to needle his friends. I think that's I think that's wonderful. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it's a sketch card. It, 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 it wasn't it wasn't as let, let's say the the ratio to Joe Chiodo Maxima <laughs> sketch card is not is not the same thing. That's know? probably true. It's, it's, uh, it's worth it. <laughs> a little bit of a variance there. That's fair. <laughs> um, again, Derek, I, I don't want to cut you off. I didn't know if there's uh, some robot love action going on there or, I, or it's okay for me to go. No, no, go, go, go. Okay. So uh, the biggest heartbreak thing for me right now is that I'm not together with my friends at Dragon Con. Uh, that's very hard for me this weekend. I, uh, I haven't been in five years. And I was really looking forward to going back this year. Uh, myself was going to be there. Rob um, and Derek was joining us. Kichi Baker. Oh, my gosh. There was a lot of people that were going to be there that we were going to see Michael Bailey, all these folks. And so it, it's very heartbreaking not to be there. And here's a little weird thing. I'm in here talking to you nerds. And in the other room, my wife, who is an absolute um, norm or muggle, whatever, she doesn't like any of this crap we do. She's watching Dragon Con TV right now. So, which is just so weird, uh, watching old panels of celebrity interviews from over the years that they're running on DragonCon website right now. So, hmm. so that's out there if you want to do that this weekend, folks. Uh, things I've been finding joy in, I have been doing a, a role-playing group. We've been playing in the Marvel Superheroes TSR role-playing game. Awesome. And our group's been going for a year and a half now, and we meet every two weeks, and now we've, we've transferred to Zoom versus in person. And we're just having a blast. We're having a great time. It's, it's set in 1985. Uh, this last episode we did was in a mall. So we had all kinds of like Orange Julius and Babbage's <laughs> and, you know, uh, electronics boutique kind of jokes and stuff like that. So that was a lot Shop of fun. Called East. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That kind of stuff. So that, that was, that's been a lot of fun. I love those guys. So they're, they're wonderful. Uh, another stressor for me is we talked a little bit about the COVID and the schools and all that. My, my daughter, she just started high school this week and she really, really wanted to go back to school in person. And my wife and I didn't want her to, uh, but we decided to listen to her and it was very important to her to start high school in person and with her friends. And so we, we hemmed and hawed a lot and we said, all right, we, we will let you go back in person. Um, but the minute we feel like it's gotten out of control, we're pulling the plug. So we're here as of this recording on day four. Four, and they've already announced three staff members from the high school have had positive tests for COVID. And at least two of the students, they won't tell us how many, have had positive tests all since school opened. So that's fun. Um, very stressful and trying to make decisions on what the right moves are as we go through all this. So I, 
that'll continue to be an unfolding saga. Uh, other things is, uh, this is a fun one for me. I bought a new microphone. So over the last, uh, Rob's had to deal with my trials and tribulations of trying to get microphones right and how many podcasts were recorded where I sounded like I was underwater. And, uh, so finally I have this new setup and I'm, I'm kind of happy with it. So if you guys are enjoying my melodious tones or maybe I'm too close <laughs> to the mic, I don't know, whatever, but it's a new one. And then the last thing is just something on the horizon that just started uh, yesterday that I'm pretty excited about is Doctor Who, you know, there's no new Doctor Who right now, but so they, they decided they put together this giant multimedia Doctor Who event. It's called Time Lord Victorious. There's going to be comic books. There's going to be, um, uh, audio dramas, lots of audio dramas. There's going to be books. There's toys. There's, uh, comic strips. There's uh, all this various media. Uh, there's escape rooms, like virtual escape rooms. It's just really, really cool stuff. It's a little bit like Shadows of the Empire, but hopefully it won't suck. So, uh, I'm very excited for that because that just started. So, I, as a Doctor Who fan, and it's got a lot of David Tennant, who's one of my favorites, so that's very exciting. So, that's me in a nutshell. Mr. Kelly, why don't you take us home with what's going on with you, buddy? Yeah, I mean, I, I was thinking about the, the this, you know, that yeah, we were going to be at Dragon Con right now. Mm-hmm. That's what would have been happening. And I and I can remember that when we were in Boston around this time last year. I remembered uh, we were sitting up uh, in the hotel and I was talking to Derek actually saying that I've been enjoying these get togethers so much that I can't just do them once a year. Now I'm going to have to do them twice a year because they've become too important to me. And now of course I'm not doing none this year. Mm. Uh, so <laughs> that was a, a, a really a, a kick in the nards. Thanks. 2020. Um, I will say that the last time we did a meanwhile show was back in April that no was way. That, yes, that was five months ago, and dear God, I hope we are not doing another one of these meanwhile shows five months from now. Let's say I'm, I'm hoping that Ooh. by then we have we we've come out of the other side of this and we can actually get together like normal people and stuff. And uh, you know, like you said, I'm I'm deeply disappointed that we are not. Some of us are not in in Atlanta right now. I was really looking forward to meeting Michael Bailey for the first time and, and Philly. Um, it's overrated. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, some of, <laughs> some, of, some of his insane opinions need to be countered, but, uh, but, uh, nevertheless, but it, no, it's just, it, it, I'm so, we've so fortunate that of the, the, the main hobby that most of us have, and I don't even know what, I don't even, is this even a hobby at this point? I don't know what you call it. It's a lifestyle. It's a life. It's not a job. Oh, if it, only if it was, but, it, but it's more than a hobby. <laughs> But it's the fact that we can still do this through this COVID is enormously fortunate. I don't know what you would do if you were somebody that, you know, liked to be a performing musician. You know, what do you, what do you, I guess you do Zoom concerts or something. It's, but it's interesting. I, I've seen people do like TikTok videos and, and girls would I, sing and they get an accompanist that's like on another TikTok. And stuff. I guess so. so yeah. There's, there's all kinds of people that figure out ways. Like if there's, I think, you know, if there's a will, there's a way. Like I think, I think people are finding ways to, to hopefully express themselves or, or uh, share their passions regardless of their circumstance. Yeah, I think that's I think that's the case. And so I'm you know, I've been said I've been busy trying to plan my shows and, and see what else we got going on and booking shows and doing research and things like that. And hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully we'll be able to come out of all this and next year be able to actually get together and see people. At least that is my hope, because uh, as we all know, the 2020 2020s just sucked. All the way around. Uh, <laughs> I don't think I don't think any of us had noticed that. Oh wow! Yeah, okay. yeah you know. So I mean, I, but again, I, 
we're luckily we get get to be here and and get to talk like this. So, I, like I said, I would I would have rather been in Atlanta for Dragon Con would be fun, but at least we could be here and and having this conversation all together. Rob, I have I have it on pretty good authority that there will be a vaccine before the election, and it will be a it will be a cocktail of hydroxychloroquine, bleach, and like bottled UV radiation. So. And it will be completely FDA approved. I will become an anti-vaxer in that moment. <laughs> we all will. We're, I, I, I told a friend I was like, we're all going to become the anti-vaxers, and reality will play out the way a Kurt Vonnegut novel described. Yeah. I, I, I really don't want to get a, a vaccine from the crime doctor which is really what's <laughs> what's facing us so yeah but hopefully we will all i will get to see all of you guys in some form next year i want to hug all you nerds man i miss all of you guys so much oh. so i uh you mentioned five months from now Rob. i actually have tickets for the gallifrey one dr who mentioned in february mm. which i'm I, it's I'm, I'm crossing my fingers i don't yeah. see how it's gonna happen but i'm hoping i'm hoping so well, guys, this has been great. This has been absolutely fun. Why don't we go around the horn real quick? Uh, our guests can tell us where to, to hear more of them. Any closing thoughts? So, uh, Sean, where can people hear more of your insane ramblings? <laughs> so I'm on the Pulp to Pixel podcast network, and I am the co-host of Secret Wars and Beyond with Dr. G, where we cover every issue of every Marvel Super Secret Wars miniseries. We covered the beautiful gem that is volume one. We covered the gold-plated turd that is volume two. <laughs> and uh, we are now steeped in Hickman brilliance in volume three, which is delightful. And then I also co-host the never-ending reading pile with Gregor Rujo, where we just pick an issue that we love and talk about something we love. It's all just joy, joy, joy. Uh, and, and thank you guys so much for inviting me to this. This is, I don't know if you've noticed this, but the beginnings and endings of months in quarantine are really hard emotionally. There's, there's something about like the, another month of this, another month mm. of this. And I've noticed with my, my team, my colleagues at work, that we all tend to struggle around this time. And, and it's something I've tried to make them conscious of so that we can do some self-care and, you know, some things to sort of brighten up a little bit, knowing it's coming. And when you reached out the other day, this was a, a this was that for me where I was like, okay, I'm, I'm feeling really down. I'm struggling a little bit, but I'm going to get to talk to some really good dudes about really good stuff. And so I just, I really appreciate you inviting me on. And, and this has been a lot of fun and, and just, you know, also just obviously I love everything you guys, all of you make and produce and, I appreciate you getting my fat butt out running. So keep the content coming. <laughs> you know what it is with the, the beginning and the end of the month things. It's whenever it has to change their air filters and they see how filthy they are. And they're like, damn it. I'm in the house too much. There shouldn't be this much crap on the air filter. That's what it is. So, uh, Derek, why don't you tell the folks at home where they can hear you talk about boxes? Uh, they can hear me talk about boxes over on fanholespodcast.blogspot.com. There's other shows there. If you're not into boxes, we, we, we there's probably something that you're into, comics or sci-fi, you know, anime, things like that. Um, and uh, hocof.blogspot.com, short for History of Comics on Film, if you want to see me talk about the chronological history of uh, comic book characters on television and film, go over there. Awesome. And Ryan, of course, you're a founding member of the Firewater Podcast Network. Why don't you pick maybe just one or two of your shows that you're trying to cancel at the moment to promote for the people at home? Oh, there's not just one or two. There's so many. (laughs) (laughs) Well, then, if you're listening to this episode on the day that it drops tomorrow, you can hear me and Sean and a few other guests 
on a brand new episode of the Secret Origins podcast. What? We, if, uh, against my better judgment, we have resurrected, <laughs> as a network, we have resurrected Secret Origins podcast for, at least for now, a five-episode miniseries called Secret Origins Redux. And uh, where it goes from there, we'll see. But uh, yeah, the first episode is out tomorrow, and uh, we'll have another episode right out after that on Tuesday. So, Dang, that's exciting. That's I can't wait to hear at least three of those because the other two are going to be kind of mediocre because I'm on them. But anyway, so Rob, uh, are you going to take a couple more Valiums and watch some uh, expat Isles? Is that what's going to happen here? That is, I would love to podcast while on Valium. I think that would be kind of fun. <laughs> Legion of Superheroes is the best. <laughs> I, you know, I, I might do a pod, Dylan. It might be kind of fun. I don't know. We'll, we'll, stay tuned, everybody. You at least sound right. That would make sense. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> well, thank you guys for listening. Thank you. Or thank you guys for being here. And thank you everyone for listening. This has been a blast. And again, as, as, as I think we should sign off on all these meanwhile episodes is hopefully folks, you won't ever have to hear another one of these. Uh, <laughs> hopefully it'll be over before we know it. So until then, everybody, uh, fan the flame and ride the wave. Ride the wave. Is that our thing? That's what we're doing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> And we're living here in quarantine Unlike anything we've ever seen At the grocery store they're buying wine Fuel and papers for their behind And my skin is dry from washing my hands I just cancelled all my summer plans Baby boomers are still on the 